Good evening, friends. It's a privilege to be in this Shriner Auditorium again, just the night of the eve of the closing of this marvelous campaign. I believe this campaign ranks next to the, the best that I've ever had in Phoenix. The first time was when I was, of course, up here when we stayed so long. I don't believe we had any better meeting then than we've had this time. This has been a very fine meeting, and we're very thankful for it. And we pray that God will richly bless each of you. Now, tomorrow night is our closing night. We got to hurry over to California to the Angeles Temple. And then Saturday morning, we got to be at the Christian Businessman Full Gospel Fellowship internationally at a broadcast and a speaking. So then we are at the Angeles Temple until Thursday of next week. And then on Friday, we begin at the stock exhibit where we was last year with the Full Gospel Businessman internationally. We have a Lovely big place down there that seats, I think, about 11, 12,000, maybe a little more. And it's a very nice place. Plenty of room, acoustics are good, and it's really a nice place. And we're, you're cordially invited to come over at any time and visit us. If you're in that part of the country, if you have some loved ones there, We'd be very, very happy for you to write to them and tell them if they're sick to come out. We'll do our best to minister to them in the name of the Lord. Today has been a little better day for me. I had a little more rest. Sunday was pretty hard, and today, or yesterday, was kind of felt the effects of it. You know, I'm not a little boy no more. If you past 20, of course, you know, I'm just a little past 20, and uh, so, <laughs> so you really feel it after that. <laughs> well, you know, Brother Bosworth here some time ago, how many knows Fred Bosworth? Brother F.F. F. Bosworth, nearly everyone knows him, I suppose. Wonderful old veteran of the gospel. And we were down in his country, Florida, and it was, we just had our dinner. We walked out to the seashore, and I was standing out there 40 years old, my shoulders drooped over. He was standing nearly 80, and his shoulders back like that. I looked at him, and I thought, oh my. I said, Brother Bosworth, I said, when was you your best? Oh, he said, right now. <laughs> he said, you just misunderstand, Brother Branham. He said, I'm just a kid living in an old house, he said. Well, I thought, God help me to feel that way if I ever really see that age. He keeps his, new, his youth renewed in his mind. When he gets up at morning, he has to say, he'll stand there and keep quoting scripture. says, of course, his blood pressure goes low, his old man like that. But he just was a trip with me through Africa, come back, went back himself, and just returned from Japan. He called me up about six months ago and he said, Billy, he said, how'd you like to go to Japan with me? I said, well, when are you going next summer? He said, right now. No waiting for him. He took off to Japan. 
come back. He's with me up to Dallas, or not Dallas, but Lubbock, a few weeks ago, just in the best of health, that's nearly 80 years old. So if he can feel that way, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves, aren't we? That's right. To see as, as we are, as young as we are, and then old man at 80 years old still preaching the gospel. Well, I tell you, one of these days he'll step his foot over on the other side. Things will be changed then. Think of it. While you're here tonight, a Christian and sinner also alike, I want to give you something to be thinking of while I speak to you just a moment. For instance, tomorrow is packing up time. We got to leave. Maybe tonight. Got to leave this world. Go somewhere else. And you know that might be just about so, too. I heard one of my associates say today that not only in this city, but all the cities around over America, one of my associates said that he's seen a car open up and just a teenage girl started to get out and the beer and whiskey cans and things fell out of the car. The kid just left and lay there and went on in and get something. Come back. He said, if God doesn't soon send judgment upon America, he'll have to resurrect Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize to them. That's right. Resurrect Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize for sinking them. That's right. If he don't soon send judgment. We're in for it, friends. That's all. Sure. But the church is in for it, too. A rapture. That's the rapture coming for the church. Be a sad day for the unbeliever then, but it'll be the most marvelous time that we've ever seen or thought for those who are ready at that time when Jesus comes. What if you were taking a trip into the other world that you don't know where, just stepping off, you're old and shaky, you've served the Lord for years and years, and tomorrow you're going to go aboard as a ship, going to take you away when you get old. And was going to the ship come in over here to dock, and you went out and you got on this ship, the old ball arm blowed, and she started to cross the sea. And as soon as you got across, she's made trips back and forth for the thousands of years. And when you set your foot on that new land, somewhere they just discovered a new land, and whenever you set your foot down there, that every one of those gray hairs went black again. All those wrinkles and worn down body went back to a young man and a woman again to live forever. Just as soon as your feet touched that land, that's what happened. Well, that's just exactly what happens. That's right. When the old ship of Zion comes and gets his victims, take him away. Some of these mornings I expect to hear the whistle blow myself in the room when the fogs are gathering. This mortal life is spent. Uh hope that everything's all right then. I believe it will be. You give me the promise. I believe it with all my heart. And I'll step across the other side. Now, not only me, but all those that love is appearing. They'll be there. So keep your thoughts on that center friend tonight and what it become with you and went out here to shoot somewhere that went down to a dark, whirling pit to an eternity that never ceased in midnight darkness and screams and mourns and groans. Might be tonight you might make your decision to change ships. I hope you do. 
All without Christ go that way. All with Christ go this way. Just the difference of whether you believe him and accept him or not. So make your choice tonight and let us pray now while we bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we've gathered in this great auditorium here tonight where you've met with us night after night and blessed our hungry souls, giving us the bread of life, food for our souls, salvation for those, Lord, who are in need, healing for those who are in need, and supplied those things which we have asked, and we are grateful to thee, to seeing thee in the power of thy resurrection. And I pray, Father, that you will be with us tonight, will help us and bless us. Bless the wandering children tonight, Father, wandering about, not knowing just which way to go or what to do, unstable, never has anchored yet in Christ. Pray tonight that they'll cast the anchor beyond the rock of ages there. When the ships are whirling and tossing our little barks upon this sea of life, we know our anchor holds within the veil. God grant it. Get into the Word, we pray, Father, and make yourself known to every person here through the teaching of the Word. May the Holy Spirit just take the Word of God and deliver to every heart, just as we have need. And at the end of the service, may the glory of the Lord be upon the people, for we ask it in Jesus' name, thy Son. Amen. Just for a few moments, we usually try to start the prayer line at around 9 o'clock, if possible. And now, just this is something new to me, to teach to the people, and then really this is, I guess, my first meeting in years. They ever try to teach the people before having a prayer line. And it's just done my heart so good to see hands go up accepting the Lord Jesus. And I, when I go home at night and kind of come out of the visions that I just sometimes lay in there after they've all gone to bed and just weep for joy to think. God was pleased tonight because I know he was. Sinners came home. That's true. Then he honors us with his blessings and pours out his spirit, heals the sick, giving faith. What more could we want than that? Now, over in 2 Kings tonight, last night, speaking on Elijah, the prophet, and tonight, we had him last night going up when Elijah, rather, and Jehoshaphat, and then come down to meeting. Tonight, we got him another scene in the fourth chapter of of Second Kings, and just for a text, I want to read the twenty-fourth verse of the fourth chapter of Second Kings. And she then she settled an ass and said unto her servant, "Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee." May the Lord add His blessings to the reading of this verse of Scripture. Now our scene begins tonight upon a family in distress, and perhaps this would be a good thing tonight to recognize that there's perhaps many families sitting here tonight in distress. And if we can only find something in the Old Testament here which was an example 
of what believers done in that day when in distress, uh, perhaps maybe we can take them as an example and find our position then and what to do. In the days of Elijah the prophet, after last night we seen that he was a type of the church, as Elijah being the type of Christ taken away in the double potion coming up on the prophet, we find that he made his way up to a Gentile country, Shuna, and there was a noble woman up there, and she was not an Israelite, she was a Shunammite. And Elijah, passing through this country, she take a notice to him that he was a holy man, a man of God. What a lesson we could get out of that, that we all walk in our associations with people that people would recognize that we were children of the King. God help us to be that way. I believe the scripture says that we are written epistles, read of all man. And Elijah so conducted himself around in that Gentile country there that this Shunammite woman realized that he was truly a servant of God. His character, his conduct, and the things that God did by him, that she recognized him to be uh, a servant of the Lord. So she wanted to show some kindness to him. So she had him to come over for dinner, or what more, give him a little offering, help him pay for something. Treat him kind, not because she wanted any reward. People who give to people thinking that they'd get a reward for it, well, they don't have any reward. It's those who give freely from the bottom of their heart. It says, I just give it freely. Not that I respect anything in return. Jesus said that the Gentiles or unbelievers do such as that. They give when they expect to be given back. But we, the children of God, give when we don't want any return. We just give it. And now the woman had no, uh, she proved it a little later, she had no alternative of giving to this man the, the blessings that she was to him, of giving him food, money, whatever she gave him, had a little offering for him when he passed by. She only gave it in respect of God. She said, I know that he's a holy man. I know that he's a man of God. And uh, he don't belong to my denomination. <laughs> he doesn't belong to my church, perhaps. But maybe my pastor wouldn't agree with him, but yet I believe he's a holy man of God. I believe he's God's servant. So I'll just give him this little offering. So she did that in her kindness. After a while, she began to realize that there was something real good about the man. So she said to her husband, she said, you know, this man that passes by here is a, a man of God. He's God's servant. And now we're worth a little money. We've been giving him just a little bit as he passed by. Let's show him some kindness. Let's build just a little room out here somewhere. When he passes by, he looks so tired and weary when he's on his road up the mountain to pray and fast for days at a time he goes up there. And let's just make a little place out here on our, we got plenty of ground, so let's build him a little room out here and put a little table in it and a candle and a little stool. That when he passes by, why, he can come in and refresh himself and lay down on the bed and rest a little while. That's, that's thinking a whole lot of someone. So the, 
She fixed him in his place. And the husband, being a, perhaps a just and good man, he said, well, that would just be fine. So they go and build a little place and just give it to the prophet as he passes by. And it came to pass one day when Elijah was coming that way that he, he stopped by. And he found this little place. Of course, he was very happy to find that the people loved him. Now, everybody wants to be loved. I tell you the truth, I do. I want God to love me, and I want the people to love me. That's exactly the truth. And if God loves me, then the people will love me. If I love his people, then he'll love me for doing it. God would rather I'd love you than love him. Did you know that? I'd rather you love my boy back there, no matter what you say about me. I want you to love my children. And any father would think that. So Father God thinks the same thing. For he said, In so much as you have done unto the least of these, my little ones, you have did it unto me. So if you want to love God, just start loving all these children. And God will reward you. If you'll just love these children, that shows the love of God is in you. Jesus said, This is the way that all the people know that you're, you're children of God, passing death unto life, when you have love one for another. And you'll know it. Not because you can have a big church, that's all right. Not because that you have a lot of fine ministers come by, that, that's good too. But it's because that you have love one for another. Now, this revival's over and you all go to your respective churches. We're not here to proselyte and tell you all leave one church and go to another. You keep your church. Try to bring some sinners into that church. Then when you go back to your respective church, go back with such a heart full of love and that, that woman that you just couldn't stand or that man, love him or her anyhow. They know you got something out of me then. That's right. If you don't do that, then you, you, you haven't gained anything yet. Because you've got to have love one for another. Then the people, the, the outside world will know that you've passed from death into life when you have love one for another. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt's lost its savior, that's its strength, it is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trod under the foot of man. About a year last year, I was holding a convention for the four square people in California, and I passed the Salt Lake Deserts, and that's what I've seen then. The salt left its savior, nothing just to make walks out of it. But salt is a savior if it contacts. You, you have a, a piece of meat here, and a barrel of salt here, you've got to get them together, to the salt to the meat or the meat to the salt to preserve the meat. And that's the way it is. We've got to get the believer with the unbeliever. That's right. You've got to get them into the church, into the salty bunch of people. And you know, salt, salt also makes the thirst, doesn't it? And if you eat salt, you get thirsty. And God wants his church so salty so the whole world thirsts to be like them. That's right. See, just thirsty, just thirsty. Just they say, oh, if I could only live the way that woman lives. If she ain't the most sweetest, peaceful person, never out of humor, never if fussy, she's always kind, trying to do something to help somebody else. Well, she's a credit to any man's church. Yes, sir. That man, he's a neighbor, he's a gentleman. He's just so full of the love of God. You can see him at all hours of night on his knees somewhere praying. He's always ready to go do something. He's always talking about the Lord Jesus and his mercy. That's the way to make the world salty. Act like that. Now, 
Elijah was that type of person. So then one day coming by, be tired and weary in his journey, I can see and say, well, look here, a little sign hanging on the door. This property belongs to the man of God as it's this way. I hear him say to his servant, well, Gehazi, looky here, this Shunammite people here has give us this little piece of property here that we can, we can drop in. He opens the door, parts his, goes in, lays down upon the bed, stretches himself out, said, you know, she's been awful kind to us, Gehazi. She's just ministered to us and everything that we have need of. Go in and talk to her. Uh, it looked like he also went in. But he said, you go in and talk to her and see if she wants me to speak to the king or to the chief captain. They all like me. I'm good friends. Maybe she want a favor or something like that. I believe that Elijah was only trying her. So he, he went and asked her and she said, no, I dwell among my people and I didn't want any reward for this and otherwise. I just get it because I myself love the Lord. And now I want to do something for him, so the only way I can do it, I've seen you to be a real servant of God and a man of God, so I've just uh, done this for that purpose. I don't want any reward. And so he goes back to Elijah said, talked about it a little while, and I imagine Gehazi said, Elijah, I'll tell you one thing, said she hasn't got any children and her husband's old. Yes, Elijah said, I imagine you turn over on this little bed that he had in there and laid there a few minutes and stopped after a while a vision come before him and he seen the woman bear a child. He said, go get her, bring her out here. So he went and got the woman brought her out to the door and when she walked to the door he said, thus saith the Lord according to time of life about this time next year you're going to embrace the son. She said, nay, now I said, uh, my husband's old but just the same, Elijah said it was in the name of the Lord, so that settled it. When God says anything, that completes it right then. That's all. No need of wondering anymore. God has said so. If God said that Christ was returning to the earth, I believe it. That's right. If God said these kind of times would come, and men would be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than God, I believe it. That's right. Everything that God says, I believe it. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. I believe it. He said by his stripes we were healed. I believe it. And so I have settled it. If you believe it, then take it, act on it, and that the results will come. No matter how long it tarries, just keep believing it. Abraham carried, or Abraham waited for 25 years before the promise ever come. But he was getting stronger all the time, praising God. Baby's going to be born anyhow. Made arrangements for it, everything. Got ready for the event. Just as soon as God told him it was going to happen, he made everything ready. And then, waiting 25 years, just kept waiting until finally it happened. Growing stronger all the time. When God speaks, it's got to come to pass. So Elijah told her she was going to have a baby. And just exactly the time that Elijah said it would take place, it took place. Because he was a prophet. He was under the anointing of, of the Holy Spirit. And it had to come to pass. So the little boy got about 12 years old. And Elisha would come by and lay on the bed and go on up into Mount Carmel where he had a cave up there he went to pray in. And 
One day the little lad was out in the field with his father, with the reapers, long up the day around 11 o'clock, something like that. And I believe the little lad had a sunstroke because he began to holler, oh, my head, my head. And that time of day out in the field, probably a little bare-headed boy running around out there about 12 years old behind the reapers, way down in there where it's desert like it is in here. Perhaps the little fellow had a sunstroke, so his father had a young man to pick him up and take him back to the house, and he sat on his mother's lap until the midday, and then he died. Now, seemingly, it's all over. So the mother picked up the little fellow, now notice, the first thing she did with that little boy, she took him right out of her own house, out into Elijah's house, and laid him on the bed where the prophet had laid. Pretty good wisdom, I believe. Took him away, shut him off from the unbelief, and put him in the chamber where the prophet had been, and closed the door. Let nobody in there to go to messing around with him, but she put him in the room and closed the door. And her husband came in, of course, there was a lot of screaming and crying going on. And she said, all will be well. Now, saddle a mule for me. I'm going to the man of God. Now, all hopes ain't gone. Something in her heart began to tell her that something could be done. All the herbs and perhaps the doctor had been there and done all he could do. Nothing could be done, and she had done all the remedies, she knew, and nothing could be done, and the little fellow died. Now, she thought, or perhaps maybe the rest of them thought, that all hopes is gone, but she knew that there was still a God that lived and reigned. Oh, my. If we could only get that. Now, something down in her heart began to beat. I would like to find the man of God. I'd like to go to church again. Usually that's about what hits a person's heart when trouble hits the home. I'd like to see the man of God again. And her husband said, well, he hasn't passed by here. He goes up at the new moon and up in the Sabbath worship, he goes up there, but it's neither new moon nor Sabbath. So he won't be there. She said, all is well. Why? How could she base such a thought as that? Because something down here in her heart told her, get to the man of God. You see it? Now, she knows there was a God that ruled the universe. She knows there's a God who made the sun to shine, the wheat to grow, the trees brought life. And she knows that that God had a representative here on earth. And that representative was, was the prophet. And she knew if she could ever get to the prophet, not that she, I don't think she had an idea that the sun would be raised, but she thought if she got the, to the prophet, that she would be able to understand why God took her child. And now, people just don't realize what God can do through his servant. That's the reason today that people can't get so much done is because they've lost faith in the servants of God. That's right. Part of it is the servant's fault. He tried to tell you God way back years ago, but God is still God here using his servants just like he always did. He doesn't fail. He's the same God. 
All ages and every age, he's had somebody to put his hands on. And we must expect God to do something to his servant. Amen. Oh, she said, all be well. Let everything alone. I like that. Something settled down in her heart that if she ever got to Elijah, she would find out just exactly why the baby had died. For she knew he was God's servant. So, they saddled the mule, and I like this commission she gave to the servant. She said, you go forward, don't you stop or slap anything until I bid you. I think the church ought to have a commission like that. Go forward. Don't just stop. Just keep moving on. When this revival closes, start another one somewhere. Don't wait. Don't wait around. Just keep moving for God. Just keep moving on because people are dying every day. Some over, maybe 100,000 people die every day in the world. I believe 125,000 is. Died every day in the world. And about 100,000 of those died without knowing Christ. We ain't got no time to hang around. We got to go forward and don't slack a bit. Not this revival. You're having a good time and seeing souls saved. Just keep on moving. Don't slack at all. And the preachers, don't wait till Oral Roberts comes or William Bram or, or somebody else. Practice divine healing in your church. Let's go forward. People are dying. Let's get them to the man of God, which is Christ. Don't wait for some special event. Go down. You're God's servant, just as much as anybody else is. You're called. You're Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian. If you got a commission from God, the general orders is go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. These signs will follow them that believe. If you've got a commission from God, you've got an ordination from God to do these things. Amen. Who asked you? Say, oh, Jesus can do them. He said, you can do them. In my name, I will, they shall. Amen. Got the cart before the heart. All right. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay their hands on the sick. Is that right? They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the commission. Let's take it and go. We're too slack about these things today. We have a little stir in the people, and then we settle down like the devil blowing his breeze across us, and we get an old true story magazine somewhere in the house instead of picking up the Bible. There's a many Christian in this city tonight can tell you all about Hollywood, but know so little about God and call themselves Christians. It's a shame. Amen. Prayer meeting night comes, you stay home, watch the television instead of going out at the prayer meeting. Isn't that right? Sure it is. Everything. Time to read the papers. Time to do this. Time to have your society gatherings and things. But no time for God. What we need today is a good old-fashioned St. Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost back in the church again. Times, wonders, and miracles. Time for everything but the right things. That's the reason the world's in the condition today. Haven't got time to take care of the children. Let them run the streets. You women calling yourselves real mothers and don't even know where your kiddies is at half the time. 
That's not only in the Methodist and Presbyterian, that's in Pentecostal too. Right. You know that's the truth. Talking about juvenile delinquency, it's a whole lot of parent delinquency. What the parent needs today is to get some of them old beer cans out of that ice box out there, take the cards off the table and put the Bible back there to open it up and call the kids around have a prayer meeting. That's what we need today. That's right. And some of you up in my country, Kentucky, they have a little thing to say the illiteracy of Kentucky. How ignorant, how dumb they are. I heard a minister tell me he didn't want to go down to Kentucky because the people was too stupid in Kentucky. Live down there. Let me tell you something. Some of them old gray-haired mammies up there could teach you something. That's right. You let your daughter run out all night long nearly with some little cigarette-smoking, whiskey-drinking rascal to come into the morning and her clothes half on and everything like that, and you call yourself a Christian and say nothing to her? Let that happen up in Kentucky and one of the old mammies that top one of them hickories out there, she wouldn't be able to go for six months. Yes, sir. What we need today is some more real old-time American mammies that believe in giving them a little protoplasma stimulation once in a while. That's exactly right. You know that's right. Amen. Church all let down the bars. They all think they let down the bars. We compromise with sin. We let down the bars. The sheep got out, but how did the goats get in? You just let down the bars. That's what it was. You let down the standards of Christianity. Amen. The devil might have went out of fashion, but he hasn't went out of business yet. He's still in the business. And, well, say that's the preachers. I come here to preach divine healing. All right. But that's good for you. Amen. That'll straighten you up. It's old-fashioned cornbread and black-eyed peas and strong coffee for breakfast. But brother will stick to your ribs for a good day's work. Sure will. All right. Notice. Yes, sir, the day that we're living, the hour, the time, the church ought to be going forward instead of that it's going backwards. That's right. You can't go. If you're not going forward, you are going backwards. God don't want his church to go backwards or sit still. He wants us to go forward and don't slack at all. The Holy Spirit don't say slack up here and wait a few years. He says go forward constantly all the time. Move on. Where was she moving? To the man of God. Moving up the mountain all the time. I used to sing a little song, Lead me higher up the mountain. Give me fellowship with thee. You remember the old song? In the light I see the fountain and the blood that cleanses me. Way up the mountainside. She said to the servant, Don't you let that mule even catch his breath. Just keep him a-going. That's the way to do it. Lay on to the church. Let's keep moving. Trouble it is, you blow the church down. I heard an old colored brother here some time ago preaching on the wise man coming to see Jesus. And he, he sure gave a good illustration. He said that the, went to packing up the old camels, you know, and said, the first thing you know, he said two of them struck out. And said, then this one fellow began to pack the camel. Got him so low and down till the old fellow couldn't move. <laughs> That's just about the way it's been with the church. We bring in all kinds of little societies and all kinds of this little, that, and the other little entertainments and so forth and cut out the real value of the prayer meeting. The upper room turned into a supper room. That's right. That's good for you. 
they can get some old tough rooster and boy him up and sell him about a dollar a plate to pay the preacher. If you take God's plan on pay tithes and do what the Lord told you to do, you'd be a lot better off and turn that room into a prayer room at night time. Amen. Oh, my. Let's go forward. If we've already preached this church justification, let's take them a little farther than that now. Go a little higher. If we get into that and God begins to fill them with the Holy Spirit, then let's go into divine healing and search that out. Well, the Holy Ghost is just like a great big apartment store. The people that become Christians don't know what they own. Could you imagine me buying a house without looking all over it first? Could you imagine me owning a place like uh, somebody give me a big arcade, great big place where everything's just everywhere, it's all mine. Well, that's what it is when you come to Christ, everything belongs to you. All the redemptive blessings that Christ died for is yours. Every believer has possession of every redemptive blessing. Amen. Amen. It's given to the believer. By one spirit, we're all baptized into this big arcade. Christ Jesus. My up on this shelf here is justification by faith. Over here is sanctification through the blood. Up here is joy. Here is peace. There is long-suffering, goodness, gentleness. Why, my everything. Some of them may be hanging a little high. I can't get to it, but they got a stepladder over the corner. Let's get up and look at it and see what it looks like. You can't reach up to the body and take God's stepladder. Reach up. Find out what's all about. It all belongs to you. Right. That's what the church ought to be going, moving up the road. So the woman said, now you go forward. Don't you slack a bit. Because we got to get up there now. We got to make haste. Well, the servant of God was sitting up there in his little den room, wherever it was, back in the mountain. And he looked out and he seen the Shunammite coming. He said, Gehazi, said, here comes that Shunammite woman. I wonder what's the matter. Now, God don't tell his prophets everything. He just tells them what he wants them to know. What they don't, he don't want them to know, he just keeps it to himself. But here comes this Shunammite woman and this little servant just to beat the mule in a hurry. Said, I wonder what's the hurry about. Said, go out and meet her. And said, ask her if all is well with her, all is well with her husband, and all is well with the child. So he hollered said, Is all well with me? And is all well with thy husband? Is all well with the child? Look, here's what I like about the lesson. She said, All is well. Amen. The baby of course. Well, all's well. What was it? Everything was under this consideration then. She had the situation curved. Her heart's desire, what was telling her in her heart, was to get to that prophet. And there she was, right in the presence of the prophet. So if God had took her baby, that was his will, everything would be all right. All is well. All is well with my husband. All is well with me. And all is well with the baby. She ran out right to Elijah and fell down at his feet, perhaps again to kiss his hands or something. Gehazi thought that's not right for her to act around my master like that, so he jerked her up. But threw her away from him. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't come up to my master like that. Elijah said, let her alone. For there's sorrow in her heart, and God's kept it a secret from me. I don't know what's the matter with her, but there's sorrow in her heart. Then she raised up, and she began to reveal to him what had happened. Seeing that what had taken place, that her baby had died. And said, didn't I tell you, don't lie to me? 
Now the baby's dead. I've got him laying in your room. The neighbors are all around. They're fixing to embalm his body. And I come to you. Now what? Elijah said, take this staff, Gehazi, and you go forward, and if anybody speaks to you, don't you even speak to them. Take this straight to the baby. And lay it on the baby. If somebody speaks to you, don't speak back. Don't stop for any social affair. That's what's the matter with us today. When we get a message from God, instead of going straight and doing what God tells us, we stop for a little social affair. Got to have this, a few ice cream suppers and all these other kind of things. Bring social affair into the church. We ought to take God's message to the dead. The dead and sin and trespasses. Amen. Notice. Now, Elijah, why did he send that staff? Did you ever stop to think? Because that Elijah knew that the clothes that he wore was blessed. He knew God lived in his heart. He knew that the clothes he wore was blessed. He knew that everything he touched was blessed. He knew that himself, so his faith laid in it. So he started to step on. I think that's where Paul got taking handkerchiefs and aprons off his body to the sick and the afflicted. So he, but the Shunammite woman, now that would have worked all right. That would have been fine if the Shunammite woman would have believed that. But she didn't know about whether God was in the staff or not. She knew God was in the man. So she said, as the Lord liveth and your soul never dies, I'm not going to leave you. I'm on your hands now. I'm going to stay right here until I find out. You know, I like that. That determination. Stay with it. That's what's the trouble with the people today. They read word, God's the healer. And they look around and say, well, Miss Jones didn't get it. And you, then you give up. Brothers, stay right with it. Amen. God said so. God's got to take care of his word. Not your word anymore. God's word. Stay right with it. That I'm not going to leave you. And so Elisha girded up his loins and here he went without a vision, not knowing what to do. And away they went. Gehazi beat him. He ran ahead, went into the room and laid the staff up on the baby, waited, no life comes. Baby's still dead. He turns around, looks a while, still the baby was dead. So he picks up the staff and runs back and meets Elisha and the Shunammite woman coming. And so what he did, he said, I laid the staff up on the baby, and there was no life, no breath. He didn't open his eyes. He's still dead. So see, the woman's faith wasn't in the staff. It was in the prophet. Now, it depends on where your faith is. Some people said they got to have hands laid on them. The other says, a Roman said, just speak the word, my son shall live. And the other one woman didn't want him to lay hands on her. She touched his garment. And little Jarius said a few nights ago in the lesson, well, he said, come lay your hands on my daughter. It depends on where your faith lay. So Elisha was right. Now, I believe he just proven but he knew that God had blessed whatever he touched. You see it? He believed that God blessed it. So he says, God has blessed it. And if you lay it on the baby, I believe that God will make it well. Now, no matter what his faith was, if the woman's faith wasn't the same, then it won't work. You see what I mean? It takes your faith and your pastor's faith together. You too have got to have the same faith. And if you believe the same thing, 
that the man of God has told you that something's got to happen. So the man of God believed that he wouldn't have to go over there if he just stand the staff. But the woman said, no, 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 I'm going to stay right with you. I'm going to stay right here till I find out. So then Gehazi said, there's no breath in the baby, he's still dead. So away they went, come into the yard, and now look at the crowd. Everybody around, wailing and screaming, what a place for faith. Elisha standing there, no vision, didn't know what to do. All he could do is look around. There was a father screaming. There was all the neighbors and everybody carrying on. Well, he goes around to his little old chamber, and the woman had the baby laying on the bed, so he shut everybody out of the room and pulled the door together by himself. Went over the corner and knelt down and began to pray. When he got through praying, he got up, walked up and down the floor, back and forth, to and fro, up and down the floor, until the Spirit of God come upon him. When the Spirit of God come upon him, no doubt for what he saw, a vision. Goes over, stretches himself on top of the baby, his nose against his nose, no prayer, just the nose against his toes, lips against his lips, eyes against his eyes, hands against his hands, and the baby sneezed seven times and come to life. What was that? That wasn't that preacher. That was Christ in his promise that brought that baby back to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. When he stood out there there and said, Gehazi, call that tune of mine. Hallelujah. Amen. The woman comes in order. Then all the good things that she had done, little did she know when she had that bed made in there for Elisha and made his bed with her own hands, that someday her dead baby would be laying there and the body of that prophet too, the Christ, would bring that baby back to life again. You don't know what's happening when you try to do something for one another. Try to help one another. That's right. Like bread upon the water, it'll return to you someday. Her attitude towards Elijah brought her a victory. If she don't want to Elijah, said, Now you look at here, you hypocrite. My pastor was right after all. See, if she don't went with that kind of an attitude, she'd have never got nothing from him. But her attitude towards the man of God produced exactly what she got her victory because she believed. That's the only way she'll ever do. If you believe that Jesus Christ, some mythical story, some Santa Claus affair that they tell children, or something like that, you'll never get nothing until truly in your heart that you believe he's the Son of God, died, rose again, ascended on high, and living with us right here tonight. And will do anything that he promised he would do in his Bible. When you get like that, something's fixing to happen. Then she picked up the baby and bowed before him and recognized him to be a servant of God and bowed her head and went out. Went out with her heart full of love. All the great crisis. Where should you sit still and said, well, all hopes is gone. The doctor just left and said there was nothing to be done. And now my baby's dead, so I suppose that's all can be done. To set helpless, the story would have never been told. If no faith had ever come into her heart, it would have been that way. But God, in his mercy, placed something in that mother's heart that she knew there was something could be done. You may be sitting like that tonight in your family. Maybe ever hope that you've ever had, that you've had of ever getting well, the doctors discourage you. The man has done all he can do and say, it's past medical science. There's nothing can be done. 
But if something can just happen down here in his heart that tells you, yes it is, yes it is, then stay right with it. Paul Rader, a friend of mine, Baptist preacher, died here some years ago over here in California. A wonderful man, missionary, great believer in healing, told a little story once, said he was way down in South America somewhere on a missionary trip, he and his wife, and he developed a, some kind of a fever, yellow fever, uh, his black water fever, and it kills you in just a few hours. And he was way back, miles and miles back in the jungles with the natives, went back there on a little boat, and said that after supper that night they'd eaten, and he went into his room, he's getting sicker and sicker, and he said to his loving wife, he said, darling, if you'll just kneel down here and start praying for me, that I believe that it seems like I'm just getting black in the room. So she knelt down and held her hands up, said, honey, do you want me to go for a doctor? Said, no, don't go for the doctor, it'd be too long. Said, hard telling it coming night like this. He said, you couldn't get the doctor now. He said, just pray for me, honey, and keep your hands on me. And it kept getting darker and darker in the room as his life began to fade out, and after a while it all become dark. Said he was dreaming. He was back up in Oregon again. That was his home. Where he used to chop the trees. And he's a very strong man. And said he, his boss one time told him, he's dreaming, that will say, go up the mountain, Paul, and cut me a certain size log and bring it down. He said, all right, boss. He run up the hillside, said, with the spring of youth in his feet again, in his dream, when he's unconscious. And said, he fell the tree right easy. Said he could feel his... Uh, acid that went down through the stalk, organ fur, and the tree dropped. He trimmed it up like that, stuck his axe into the tree, and tried to pick it up. Or said his strength was gone from him. He said he'd done everything he could to pick it up. He said, well, my strength is completely gone. Maybe that's where you are tonight. Your strength completely gone. The hopes is gone. Everything gone. Said he toiled. He said, well, I ought to be able to live this. I ought to be able to pick this up. Well, I've picked him up like this before. Maybe you've been healed before. Maybe you've been through prayer lines and you've been healed. But this time, you, you just simply can't muster enough faith to get up the load somehow. He said he just got completely worn out. So he just sat down, ducked his head down, and started crying. But I'm so weak, I can't move. And I've lost my strength and I don't know what I'll do. Said he heard his voice. Of his, the voice of his boss, so gentle and kind, that he said, Paul, what's the matter? He said, boss, I, I'm, I, I just haven't got the strength to pick it up. I just simply can't get it down there. He said, Paul, you're just doing in vain. You're just tussling in vain. And he said, Paul, don't you see that stream going down there? So that stream runs right to the camp. Say, why don't you just push it over in the water and jump on it and ride down? And say, when he looked back, his boss was Jesus. Say, just pitch it over the water, Paul. Don't you try anymore. Just get on it and ride down. Say, he just pitched it over in the water and jumped in the water and began to splash the water and the current taking it right on down to the camp. He began screaming at the top of his voice that his strength was all coming to him. I'm a riding on it. And said so he'd come to in the room screaming at the top of his voice. His wife had been having her hands laying on him praying. Said so he jumped up in the middle of the room screaming when he comes to himself, I'm a riding on it. I'm a riding on it. I'm a riding on it. Brother, that's what it is. And I, 
take Jesus Christ and his promise, throw the thing into the waters of the Holy Ghost, and I'll ride on it. Cobalt bomb 
The cobalt around the atomic bomb can be shot up out of a, a missile out into the air yonder by our enemies and it'll burst out there in a few hours the entire earth will be totally annihilated. Just let the wind start blowing, it can't be able to live anything live around it. It just completely annihilates the earth. Can be done just in a few minutes' time. The very enemy, the very godless, heartless, brutal, insane enemy of ours has that thing in their hands tonight. And why do you trust in the flesh of horses? Why do you trust in the atomic powers? Why do you trust in the things of this world, in your houses, in your places, in your positions? Take God at his word and ride over to the head of each other, into the spheres down into the heavens. Whatever God has promised, God will do. Do you believe it tonight? God be merciful. Let's get in contact with God's representatives. Who is God's representative? It was at that day Elijah. Who is it today? Jesus Christ. That's his representative. Woman, man, boy, girl, you're right. If that Shunammite woman could believe for her dead son when all impossibilities was gone, she could believe on a natural man that God was in Elijah. How much more can you believe that God's in Christ reconciling the world to himself? Come and be reconciled tonight before it's too late. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, as we look around about us and see the day and the time that we're living, this great thing's happening, seeing scattered on the newspapers today, that doctor here in the city, jealous spirit, killed those four little children, shot his own wife to death and then killed himself right here in the city. The devil got a hold of him. God's people just don't believe there's the devil. Let them open their eyes tonight and see. And then Father made it look past him and see there's a living God full of love and compassion waiting to save them. Granted, Lord, come near to us now, Father. We believe that in your name, what we ask, we will receive. There are men, women, boys, and girls in here. Perhaps Lord has never yet accepted thee as their Savior. They don't know what it means to have peace in their soul. All these old things of the earth pass away. And the soul, the immortal part that goes beyond every sphere of Adam, goes on beyond cosmic light, Petroleum goes on into the spiritual realm. That's the eternal part. That's the part that cannot perish when it's believed on the Lord Jesus. How simple you made it. Just come, receive, as you shall receive. He that heareth my words, believeth on him that sent me, has everlasting life. How simple. You said even a fool shouldn't have it. Nothing binding, nothing complicated, just purely accepting it, believing it, because Christ talking to the heart. You said no man can come to me except my Father draws him first. Father God, 
upon the basis of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, upon his supreme sacrifice, and the word of God, I pray tonight that you'll knock at every sinner's heart, every backslider in the building, bring them lovely back to thee. Just another night, and then we must move on. Grandfather, that tonight many will find thee while we ask thee, while we have our heads bowed. Music sweetly, softly playing. The Holy Spirit just above you, looking down. God knocking at your heart, saying, Oh, sinner, come on home. You may not be here tomorrow to accept it. Won't you come tonight? If God's knocking at your heart and you feel that it's God speaking to you, not to me now, but to God, will you raise up your hand to him and say, God, forgive me. I now accept Jesus as my Savior. God bless you, lady. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. Raise it back. God bless you, little lady. Someone else, raise your hand and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now I'm coming. The preacher has been preaching. God bless you, lady. We be there. God bless you, lady, at the end. Let's see you. The minister has been preaching. I've been here night after night watching to see the Holy Spirit moving, healing the sick, foretelling, telling forth, saying the mysterious things to mankind we can't figure out. I'm not going to try to figure it any longer, Lord. I'm just going to accept you right now while you're knocking my heart. Because I know your spirit will always strive with me. The Lord's are calling me now. This is my hand, Lord. I come. Will you raise your hand somewhere else? Somebody? God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady, over the corner. God bless you way back in the back. God bless you down here in the middle of the aisle. God bless you over here in the corner. Up in the balcony to my left. Oh, my. God bless you all along there in the great row of hands. God be with you. Remember, when you are saved right then for eternity. Over to the balcony to my right. Someone up there lift up your hands. Wants to sell it tonight once for all. From your heart, God speaking. The word is Zoe, God's own life. So if God can't perish, neither can you. God bless you. God bless you, lady out there at the corner. Young lady, I see your hand. God bless you. Get the everlasting life now. God bless you, little girl down there. I see your hand too, honey. All right, down here now. Yes, see you. Back over here, God sees you. I see the... Spanish brother back there, him and his family with their hands up. God bless you. That's right. God, everlasting life. What will the atomic bomb could do for you? The atomic bomb would have to strike right in your front yard, my brother. The only thing he could do is take you to Jesus and give you a new body, a new life. You have it right now. You have it right now. You've got the very seed in you that will produce that life. Everlasting life because you believed on the only begotten Son of God. Someone else. Listen, if you can raise your hand and be healed, you can be saved. God bless you, little Spanish girl. God bless you. And the other lady over there, God bless you. God bless you. Oh, that's a time. A bunch of new hands going up. Let the Holy Spirit just soak down. God bless you, sir. Sitting here with the glasses on, the great head man. God bless you, sir. Way back in the back. I see your hand, lady. Way back there. God sees it, too. 
God bless you, the young blonde-headed woman over there with her hands up. God bless you, the two young ladies down here with your hands up. God bless you, honey. That's fine. Up here, the little lady in the balcony. See, and the little boy back there, too. You say, what about them little children? Sure, Jesus is talking to their hearts. Sometimes the adults are so callous. They call the Spirit, just can't speak to them. Jesus said, suffer little children to come to me. Forbid them not, such is the kingdom. All right. Every sinner now, it's in the building. If you haven't put up your hand to Christ, will you put it up just now and accept him as your own personal Savior to believe from this night on. God bless you, sir. See you way up there in the balcony with your hand up. Now you receive Christ, and to receive Christ is life. You pass from death and sin now unto life eternal. If you people could only realize, God bless you, lady back there, the young lady with her hand up. God bless you, lady, a little fellow there with a red shirt on, senior hand, honey boy. That's just fine. Yes, you're not. You're all right. I baptized my boy when he was no older than you. Just, that's right. God bless you. You back here, the young lady, the young man there. God bless you. God bless you. You too, sonny, over here. God bless you, young man. Have everlasting life. Just think how simple God made it. Just believe, accept. That's all you can do is believe. There's nothing else you can do. Jesus said, if you'll believe, I'll give him everlasting life. Raise him up at the last day. Yes, down here. God bless you. That's fine. God bless you. All right. Now shall we keep our heads bowed just a moment. We're going to present these before the Father. Under the blood of Jesus, under his own word. Now, Father, your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, when he stood here on earth, according to the scriptures, which is the infallible word of God that can't fail, he said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death unto life. We thank thee, Father, for this greatest miracle of all the miracles, sinners receiving Christ. We thank thee for this. God grant that not one of them, Father, will ever fail to keep their faith and remember this night. And Father, when I come before you at the judgment to answer, these words I have presented to the people, thy word, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, Spanish, colored Ethiopian, Indian, Anglo-Saxon, whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life because they believe that God sent his Son to die in sinner's place. We thank thee for that. We pray that each one of them will have a long journey through the earth, health, happiness while they're here, and at the day when I preach my last sermon, close the Bible for the last time, and when we stand in your presence, may I see them there and us rallying around the throne with each other. So I have to say, down in Phoenix that night, I lifted my hand. I believe God knocked at my heart, and I, I responded. 
And oh, what a life I had, wonderfully serving the Lord. And here they are now, immortal. Granted, Father, and tonight when the services is closed, may each of them come back here in the prayer room and kneel down. Say, thank you, Father, for saving me. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit. Just baptize me with unction. Just pour in abundance of thy Spirit upon their lives. Grant it, Lord, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Oh, how you want him to say well done on that eternal day. Don't turn the dear Savior away from your heart. Don't turn him away. I don't you feel good. You that raised your hands a while ago, raise your hands. You just feel like something's happened to you. Just raise your hands. Everyone raise your hands. Oh my, isn't that wonderful? Sure. I remember down, way down the mountains of Kentucky, the old-fashioned Missionary Baptist Church, they used to start singing that the old women and them, don't turn him away. You see them old boys back there, old Limbark hat on, screaming, start the altar, accepting everlasting life, believing on the Lord Jesus. Now, to you new converts now that just come into the Lord Jesus, Accepted everlasting life? I want to ask you something. Now, Jesus, the scripture teaches he raised from the dead and claims that the very works that he did here when he was here on earth, he'll do it through the church until he comes again. Very, very, I say unto you, the works that I do shall he also, and more than this shall he do, for I go unto my Father. The word there is greater. Greater means more. You could do anything greater quality or quantity, but in quality, more of it. He could be everywhere in all the churches since he has risen from the dead. Now, he's seen visions, said, I don't do nothing till the Father shows me what the Father shows me that I do. He's seen the woman's trouble at the well. You know where Nathaniel got, or Philip found Nathaniel when he was praying? A fellow come up, he knew his name, knew who he was, told him what his name was, looked out into the audience, perceived her thoughts. A woman touched his garment, he turned around and said, Strength went out of me. He looked out in the audience where she was, he found her, said, Thy faith has healed thee. That's the kind of a Jesus he was when he was here on earth. Or if he's the same in power, same in respect, same in attitude, same in awe, He's the same in everything, yesterday, today, and forever. He said, a little while, and the world won't see me no more. That's the unbeliever. Yet ye shall see me. That's the believer. For I, I, as I say, is a personal pronoun. I will be with you, even in you, not just through the apostles' age, unto the end of the world. Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today, and forever. Now we're going to pray for the sick. In a few moments, I'm not a healer. I'm just like you are, a sinner saved by grace. That's all. And the Lord has, when I was born, a little baby up there in the mountain, this light here that we have, 
Many of you have seen it. That was hanging over my little crib bed that I was in, little trouble affair. Been with me ever since. It's not me that sees the visions, it's him that shows them. So it's nothing I have. See, it's what God has given to you. It's not my faith that does it, it's your faith. Your faith does the moving of it itself. I can't make it move, it's you that makes it move. See? You have to believe it yourself. And in believing so, if you correctly believe, God will grant you your request. Not because it's, it's because it's the Lord Jesus. How many know that the first time Jesus appeared to lead the people, he was in a form of a pillar of fire? The angel of the covenant led the children of Israel. The second time he appeared, he was in the form of a man called Jesus. The third time he appears, he's in a form of spirit called the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You get it? Amen. That's, that's him. Now, he's just the same today as he was when he led the children of Israel in the pillar of fire. It's the only thing it is is God condescending, bringing himself down. Way up there on the mount, Moses, no one, even the animal, touched the mountain, had to be killed, no sacrifice. No blood sacrifice that could take the place, so sinners couldn't approach the holy God. Then the next thing, he come down, born of a virgin, a virgin birth, and God came into his son, Christ Jesus, reconciled the world to himself. You could touch him, but he was a different person. What's God doing? Breaking this blood cell to sanctify a church that he could come down himself and have fellowship with the people. See how God loves you? He brought, you couldn't do nothing about it. He brought himself down and cleaned his road as he come through, wiping away sin, till he could come down and fellowship with Adam again. You see it? He fellowshiped with him before sin came, then he had to come make a way to take sin out, now he fellowships with him again. The same Holy Spirit, the same Father, moving among his people. Just a simple, nothing strange about it. God. Now he'll be here tonight, I trust. And we'll do the same thing that he did when he was here on earth in a physical form. God raised that body up, sits on the throne of God today. Christ is not on his right throne, he's on God's throne now in the heavens. But when he returns back, he'll come to David's throne, which he's heir to. Now, notice how he's here in the form of the Spirit tonight to do the same thing, love, same love. He just saved the sinner out there, that's the love he had. Now he'll heal the sick same love he had. He'll show signs and wonders, just the same love he had, the same Jesus. If he'll do that, would you receive him? God bless you now. Father God, we pray that you'll grant this. I submit myself to thee now, through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Bill? But what prayer cards was we accused was calling from last night, wasn't we? Prayer cards, cues, I believe it was. I believe we call the first bunch of them. Let's call the last part of cues tonight. He isn't here just at the time. Let's, it's prayer cards, cues. Anybody have them? Look out there. That's fine. All right, let's call from cues then. Let's call from the, the last part of them. The last, how many we have? 15 last night? Right, let's call the last 15. That would be from 85 to 100. Q85. Does anybody have it? Raise up your hand right quick. Q85, raise up your hand, please. Anybody have it? The girl? All right, sister, come here. 
86, quickly, just a little card with my picture on it and a number and a, a, number and a letter on the back. 285, 86, who has 86, the lady, 87, raise your hand quickly now for a save of time. Is this it, 87, 88, all right, prayer card 88, all right, prayer card Q89, 89, Q90, Q90, anyone have it, would you raise your hands right quick? Prayer card Q90. Look at somebody's card somewhere. It, uh, yes, all right. 90, 91. Raise your hand so we can sit. Help me here, if you will. 91, is somebody deaf or somebody can't get up, you know. And 91, come to the afternoon meeting. They give out the prayer cards. 91, is Q91 here? 92, all right, lady. 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, up to 100. Now look around and see if if they come into the the meeting, come into the line. And now if we can, if everybody be reverent, maybe we can get out then and give out to, and call some more from the some more prayer cards. If everybody try to hold faith and believe while they're coming, I want to pray for these. Pause here again. Shall we bow our heads a moment? Dear loving Jesus, upon the basis of the Word of God, we realize that Elijah, the Bible said he was a man subject to life passions as we are. He had ups and downs. He had his troubles like we have. But he sent a stick that he'd been walking with to lay on a dead baby. Paul called himself the chief of sinners on his road to Damascus to lock up all the people that were in this way. And the Holy Spirit struck him down and chose him for a vessel to bear the word of God to the Gentiles. And they believed that apostle so much Till he took from his body handkerchiefs and aprons, and they laid him on the sick, and unclean spirits went out, and evil and infirmities, yeah. and the people were made well. Yeah. Now we realize, Lord, that the prophet has gone, and so is Paul, but Jesus remains forever. And we pray, Father, that in this day, that the people's faith, believing, that you will now bless these handkerchiefs and little parcels in here, and when they're laid on the sick, may they each be healed. For we send them in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, everyone reverent, and I believe they got a little cool in here. I've seen the women putting their coats on. Maybe they shut the fans off. It might be a little better. And the custodian will, please. And then notice the friend. I want to ask you something while they're lining the people up. Now, if Jesus of Nazareth stood here tonight wearing this suit that I have on that he gave me several years ago in Sweden, if 
if he stood here wearing this suit, and for instance, uh, this girl here or somebody along the line there come up here to him and said, Lord, will you heal me? What do you think Jesus would say to them? He'd say, I can't. I have already done it. When Jesus died at Calvary, he healed every sick person that would believe that he did it for them then. Is that right? What if a sinner a while ago would say, now, Lord, will you save me? What if a sinner came up here to the platform and say, uh, and, and Jesus is standing here, say, Jesus, will you save me? He'd say, well, son, I saved you 1,900 years ago. Do you accept it now? If he'd say, well, I want you to do it now, he'd say, I have already done it. So if any person's ever tells you that they can save you or heal you, it's an error. Because no one can do what's already been done. See? Jesus died to save sinners and heal sick people. That's what, and he's sitting tonight at the right hand of God as a high priest who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Is that right? Making what? Intercessions upon our confession. See? He cannot do one thing for you until first you believe it in your heart that he has done it and then say that he's done it. And the minute that you believe it and say it, then before God he says it's right. He's there to make intercession upon your confession. Now you could come to the altar here and scream and cry and walk up and down the floor and scream, God save me a sinner. That wouldn't do one speck of good. You could do that tonight, all night, all day tomorrow, the next night, beat on the floor, anything you want to do. You're just giving vent to your feelings. But you can never be saved until you first believe it and then confess it. For he said, if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before the Father and all the angels. Is that right? The minute you do. And if you're just doing it from your head, but it doesn't matter. If you're doing it from your heart, it's settled right there. Has to be. New regenerated person right then. He that heareth my words and believeth on him and send me has right now everlasting life and shall never perish but pass from death to life just because you believe. That's all. The same thing by divine healing. You don't have to be up here on the platform. You just believe right where you're sitting. Look up to Jesus and say, I now believe it and accept it and you're my healer right now. And at that very minute he confesses that same thing before Almighty God saying, by my stripes, I've recognized him healed. See? And you're just as sure to get well as, as he's God. He has to. God just can't say something and take it back. He's got to keep his word. I can say something and take it back. You can too, but he can't. He's God. Once spoken, that settles it. All right. Now, now, what could be done for these people? Now, these standing in the line, just a few of them here, we call a few of them up here to the platform. And my heavenly Father knows that as far as I know, I've never seen a person in that line. Frankly, there's nobody in the building. I thought this man sitting right here a while ago was Brother G.H. Brown from Little Rock, but it isn't. And you know, it does. He looks a whole lot like him, but I, I thought it was Brother Brown, but it isn't. If I'm not mistaken, this is Brother Fuller sitting right over here, if I'm not mistaken, sitting right there. And this man here, I don't know him, but I, I know his face, but I don't know his name. Outside of that, outside my own brethren right here, 
There's not a person in this building that I see that I know. That's right. Now, I'm not saying that if you know me, I'm... See, I just don't know you, see. See, I, I don't recognize you. God knows that. And that's I see the lady stood up there. Her sister, I know that lady, she's from Tucson. Mrs. Morgan, the first vision I ever seen in my life. Her sister was a 21-year graduate nurse in Louisville, Kentucky. She's been dead about 14 years. She's nursing at North Carolina Memorial Hospital. And she came at the angel of the Lord, had ministered to me, this told me to what it was, and about these visions that the minister told me that it was the devil, and he let me know it was the Spirit of God, and they just didn't understand like they did in the other days. And Mrs. Morgan was the first one to come. Mr. McDowell had been healed of his eyes. Mrs. Morgan, Mr. Morgan, her husband, said, come and said, now, um, what if I work on my wife? She's dying, taking radium, x-ray, deep therapy, oh my, she's out of her head. So he come and asked me, I said, it's not for me to question, it's for you to question. Do you believe it? I believe it. So he brought her over, and the lady right here was present that night. And when the woman with cancer, it went all through, went from the breast down to the abdomen, into the intestinal tract, and the doctor, when he opened her up, why, he said, just like the roots of a tree, right? We couldn't even wash her out with an enema. And said, there's nothing to do but let her die. And she got so low, so the doctor told her husband, so now he, he, he won't take her out of the hospital over to Jeffersonville, said, you can take her just because she always said she liked the river, let her see the river before she dies, but said, ain't nothing you'd be done for. Well, that being my first one, laying there like that, a dying woman. But when I took a hold of her hand, two nights or three nights before that, the Lord Jesus had met me up there, and this angel stood by me and said this thing would happen. I was going into all the world, testifying over the platform that night. When praying for her, the Holy Spirit spoke back, Thus saith the Lord. And today she's a healthy and strong, fine, lovely woman, and that's your sister sitting there, a witness. Is that right, sister? If it, that's right. Lovely. And a great attorney come from up north. He heard about it. He come down wanted to find out. So he went to the cancer clinic in Louisville, and she's been dead for years. He said, you want to meet her? <laughs> that she's the liveliest dead person you ever seen. Still nursing. To be my wife in a few weeks now with the baby. She's been with it all along with the loveliest friend, one of the loveliest friends I have in the world. Yeah, I didn't see you, sister. I'm sorry. I didn't know where she's sitting back in the crowd. Especially standing up here in the light shining in a different way, it's kind of hard. Anyone standing up here can see it's hard just to see people out in there. And now, notice, but if Jesus is risen from the dead, what did he do when he was here on earth? Now just take your time, don't be in a hurry. What did he do? One thing to recognize the truth ought to settle it forever. When Jesus was here on earth, did he claim to be a healer? No, sir. He said, I don't do any healing at all. He said, it's my Father does the healing that dwells in me. Is that right? He said, I, the Son can do nothing. What did he do? He was possessed with the power of God without measure. We have it in measures. He has it without measure. Just like go out the ocean get a spoonful of water. It's just a spoonful out of the ocean. That'd be this little gift you're upside of him. But remember, the same chemicals that's in the spoonful of water is in the whole ocean. See, the same thing, but just smaller. See, way smaller. But when he was standing, the people would 
look and believe in certain things, and he would call out in the audience and say things. Philip brought Nathaniel, and he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. He said, How would you know me, Rabbi? I said, Before Philip got you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. He told the woman at the well, after he talked to her a while, to contact her spirit. There was something about him that seen vision. And Jesus said when he passed by a lot of cripples and twisted people and so forth, and went over to a man laying on a pallet and said, Now watch, Jesus knew that he was there, God had showed him. He healed that man, told him to take up his bed and go to his house. A mind. When the Jews found him and questioned him, he brought Jesus into question. Here's what he said. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. That doeth the Son likewise. Is that right? Then Jesus' own words said he could do nothing at all until the Father showed him first what to do. Look at the resurrection of Lazarus many other things there. Some blind man come by one time, wanted to be prayed for. He didn't have no vision for him. He just touched her eyes and said, Now according to your faith, be it unto you. The woman touched his garment, went out in the audience, stood around out there a little bit, and he looked around and said, when he found her, he said, Thy faith has healed thee. Thy faith has saved thee, physically saved. Same word, sozo, save thee, save thee, physical or spiritual. Same word, same every time in the Bible. Where healing or saving is the same Greek word, sozo. Any minister knows that, has studied. Sozo, thy faith has saved thee physically, saved thee spiritually. Now, if Jesus is here tonight, then when he went away, he said this, a little while in the world, the unbeliever, they won't believe it. What did the people think about it that day? What did they say he was? Well, they, did he say that's truly the Son of God, the great religious world? They said he's the best fortune teller in the country. He's Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Is that right? But what did the devil say he was? The Son of God. So the devil's the more right than the preacher's was. So, so they, you know why? They were more subject to spirit than fortune tellers than what the preacher was. That's exactly right. And here's a little stuff on the side. Why did all that happen on the reservation the other day? Up on the Indian reservation. Get what I mean? More subject to spirit. We people are all scholared and educated. My, the things way back gone. But the Easterner, brother, he believes. Now, if Jesus is here tonight and come in and do the same things that he did when he was on earth, what would he do to these people here? Now, if he's already healed them, now what could he do? Now, already through preaching the word, he let them know what he, he believes, what he did. Now, they can't accept it that way. That's the, that's the best way. That's the initial healing. Is that right? That's the initial way. Faith cometh by hearing well, the word. Now, if not that, then he sends gifts into the church. Some apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, gifts of tongues. Interpretation of tongues, all those for the edifying of the church. Now, I'm not much of a preacher. The only thing that I can do is just by a gift to see vision. Not here, not here in the church. Mercy, this is the amateur side of it. That's my associates that deal with me around other places. While visions come from everywhere, all the time, foretelling things that will happen on the road and all along. And just ask anybody if ever one time it ever failed. But if he William Bram, it always failed. But as long as it's the Lord Jesus Christ, it can't fail. That's right. And this picture here of him, that proves scientific world that I've told the truth. 
That, that, that is his picture, which is not mine. It's copyrighted in Houston, Texas. And we just had to buy him and then let the people have him. But now, if he will come in the power of his resurrection, as we as Christians contend, the full gospel people, all of them contend that Jesus raised from the dead, that if he raised from the dead, and the same yesterday, today, forever, he's got to do the same thing today that he did yesterday, forever. Is that right? He's just got to do it in order to be the same. Now, I hope that, I, I know it's not 100% with me tonight, but I, uh, you can't hide that, my brother. But... It's, uh, it's so anyhow. See, see. Now, may he come, and for the sakes of those believers, do the, now how many here that doesn't have a prayer card, and yet you want Jesus to heal you? Raise your hand. Just, you want Jesus to heal you and don't have a prayer card. I just get a general conception of where you are. All right. Let's pray. Father, in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus, I now submit this poor, humble, unworthy body to you, that you'll speak through these lips, look through these eyes, go into the hearts of the people out there, Lord, and give them faith to believe so that you can work through your servants together tonight for the glory of the resurrection of thy Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, everyone now please. Keep your positions, keep your seats, don't move around, just give us a little time. And I want to say, tomorrow night being the last night, if the Spirit of the Lord strikes me, of course, it's a little while, I'm kind of, it's another dimension, it's another world, I don't know what I say, and they tell me, you see this tape recording sitting over yonder? That's how I pick up. Anybody wants to know what they what said to them? Just get on the tape recording there, you pick it up. We do that because it's absolutely infallible, the truth, each time. Just go and find out. And it's been that way. I'm 45 years old. It's been that way since the first thing I can remember as a little baby boy. Now, be reverent. You say, what is it, Brother Bram? It's submitting yourself to the Spirit of God. Just knowing how to submit yourself. And you do the same thing. You might not be able to see visions, but you can submit yourself for the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I take every spirit in here under my control for the glory of God. Amen. Now, if the engineer will watch, sometimes I catch on the tape, my voice is not very loud. Now, this young girl standing here, she's a stranger to me. i never seen her in my life, as I know of. Who it is, I know nothing about it. But God knows all about the child. He knows just exactly what's wrong with her or what she's here for or anything. So, if the angel of the Lord will come now and to this little lady standing here, speak to her and tell her of something that's been in your life in the past. And we'll bring it up, whatever it is that you know I know nothing about. And us being strangers, and you're probably 14, 15 years old, or maybe not that old, and I'm 45. And so we were born years apart, and perhaps hundreds of miles apart, our first time to meet one another. So then it has to come from God, witness, little lady. Well, then if he will do that, Will the audience believe that he's raised from the dead? 
and is living here today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, now, little lady, I, being the first here, of course, you're conscious that something's going on. Now, just as a child, you're, you are Christian, you're a believer, because your little spirit feels welcome to see. If it wasn't, it'd just be turning back from it. But you realize that something's going on, don't you? That's the settling of that angel of the law coming down. Now, that will not hurt you. If you just believe on it, and it'll do you good. And now, talking to you just like the, our Lord did the woman at the well, well, then he had to get in contact with her somewhere. So it had to be through spirit. One thing, you're all nervous, upset about something. And you're suffering with a kidney condition. It's in your kidney. That is right, isn't it, sister? God bless your heart. Honey, don't, don't worry. You believe now? All upset. Got kidney trouble. Probably what making her have kidney trouble. Now, the Lord bless you, my sister. Now, if he's present now to, to do that for you, then you know me just a man and don't know you. <clears throat> and if he could tell you what your trouble was, well, surely his presence, then do you believe it being the Lord Jesus? Then somehow in this unworthy temple, Jesus Christ speaks, does Then if I'd lay hands on you according to his word, you'd have to get well if you believe it. Isn't that right? The little lady seems to leave from me again. Or you're... I see a man. It's a man real sick. There's something wrong with... It's your father. It's something he's got a... Oh, he's dying. He's got a head, something wrong with his head. It's a pressure, something in his head. And the man is dying. Your father. That's true. <laughs> Dear God, be merciful tonight. Come to this little child here, Lord, standing here deeply, sorrow, broken up. Thou dost know all things, Father. Thou can do all things. Now I pray that you'll bless her now. Bless her loved one that's so bad tonight. May the great Holy Spirit be at the room. Stay the hand of death. In this audience, Lord, as believers, we now ask this blessing, this little girl standing here for this. May she receive everything she comes for. In the name of Jesus Christ, as your humble servant, I ask this. Amen. God bless you, honey. God be with you. that if thou canst believe, all things are possible. <clears throat> Have faith. Don't disbelieve. 
Just have faith in God. Don't you believe now with all your heart? The Bible said, He that believeth shall not be condemned. He that believeth shall not be condemned. All right. I see you have a personal worker lady. But I suppose we're strangers to one another, just as we're strangers that you've seen me. But being a personal worker, of course, you've seen me. But I mean to know one another. We are, we are strangers to each other. But the Lord Jesus knows us both, doesn't he? Now, if he'll help me to know you, know something of you or something in that manner, will you accept him then? Uh, you know, ladies, there's not a way in the world for me to know what you're, you're, you're saying there for. Isn't that right? Not a way in the world. I'm a total helpless when it comes to that. Only by the grace of God would I know. But you're suffering with a, something in the heart, the heart trouble. That's what it is. True. Now you believe? Believe that God would believe that God would make you well. Now what I'd have to do, not knowing what your trouble was, frankly don't think now what it was, but whatever it was, I've seen something that told me that's what it was. Now that's enough to make a believer out of you, isn't it? I see you're interested in somebody else, too. That's uh, someone younger than you are. It's your, it's your child. It's, it's your daughter. And your daughter is about, it's a domestic trouble in the, a family. It's, uh, <clears throat> you understand what I speak of? What is in your heart at this time? God bless you. You believe you receive what you ask for? Come here to me. Almighty God, be merciful now. Let thy spirit come upon this, our sister, as I have my hands laid upon her, and grant unto her, Father God, the deep desire of her heart for that which she asks for. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, sister. May he grant you the riches of his blessings. How do you do, lady? Supposing we're strangers to each other, too. Strangers. I don't, don't know you, but Jesus Christ does know you, doesn't he? Somebody touched him. The vision doesn't break, but it's right in here.
Um, excuse me, I not beside myself. I just it's just I can't explain it. You understand? You got lung trouble. Have you just come from the hospital? Or going to one or something? I see a hospital look like a pier. You believe that Jesus Christ will make you well and take the the thing away from you? You believe that he'll do it? Well, do you come near? Precious Lord, I lay my hands upon the woman. Take this shadow of death from her father. And may the light of life take its place. Grant it, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name I ask this. Amen. God bless you, lady. Go believe now. Have faith. You're believing with all your heart? Sister, you that just bowed your head and said, Lord, have mercy on me, it's sitting there with nerve trouble, sitting right there. Yes. He heard you. Uh, isn't that what you were praying? If it is, raise up your hand if that isn't right. Been surfing with kind of a mental nervousness, haven't you? You got a habit of dropping things too, haven't you? I see you standing, you dropped a plate or something just recently and broke it. That's right. All right. Isn't that right? If that isn't right, raise your hand. See, I don't know you, but God does. Now, you're a heel that's left you. You're going home to be well. This my the patient. Are you believing up there for the child, the little girl? You believe God take a diabetes away from her, make her well? <laughs> you was crying a while ago, wasn't you? Have you got a prayer card? You don't? You don't need one. God bless you, honey. You sat up there with your little head down praying then, wasn't you? That's right, sweetheart. Raise your little hand like that. See, Jesus heard your prayer and he come back and tell me about it. You said, can I be healed tonight, Jesus? Sure you can, sweetheart. Just accept it. That's all you have to do and you can go home and get well. Let's say praise be to God who gives us the victory. The faith of a little child, just only believe. Are you believing? Everybody believing? You can be healed if you just believe. that red dress on you kind of have a you were just really thinking then God are you going to catch me tonight that's the truth isn't it not reading your mind but that's exactly what you said that's right because you want to get over arthritis don't you and you also have birthitis don't you that's right alright now you can get over it if you just your faith touches the Lord Jesus 
Amen. Oh, people, how can you turn him down? How can you say that he's not alive tonight? Why isn't he alive? Here he is doing the same thing he did when he was here on earth. Just believe him. That's all you have to do. See those people out there without prayer cards, without anything at all. No way you get up here on the platform. But they, they get their faith away from here down here. And when you do that, it touches it. Every spirit in here, I'm feeling it. It's exactly right. And if God wanted to, you couldn't hide your life if you had to. All right, now we're... How do you do it, sir? You believe me to be God's servant? The reason I say that, sir, is not for... I'm a poor representative of his. But with what little I can and with all my heart, I just love him. With all my heart and all my soul, I love him. And I suppose, my brother, that you and I are strangers to each other. Perhaps we've never seen one another in our lives. You have seen me, but I don't know you. You just see me probably by the being in the meetings and things like that. Yes, sir. Well, then, the only way that God would know, that I would know anything about you or what you're here for would be through God. Is that right? Now, if he'd just show me what was wrong with you, the vision's what makes me weak, you see. But if I'd just, if he'd show me what was wrong with you, well, that would be enough for you. You'd believe it, then, would you? With all your heart. If you possibly can, be just as reverent. Now, my brother, of course, there's spirit all around everywhere. Your brother, myself, it's in a different world now, what you're moving away from. And I see you suffering with a heart trouble. It's caused by a nervous condition that causes the heart trouble. It's a nervous condition. That is right. You got a, a wife that's sick too, has a colon trouble, like some kind of a trouble. You got a, I see a daughter. You got a daughter that's a spastic or something. You have, and you got another daughter that suffers with a nervous trouble. She's something around school. This is she a teacher or something around school. That's right. School teacher. Those things are true, sir. Now, that wasn't me talking. That was my voice, but it was him talking. Now, whatever he told you, it's the truth. Well, he was the same one said here, if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You believe that? Then come near. Almighty God, author of life, giver of every good gift, Send thy blessings upon the man, and give to him, Father, the desire of his heart. I ask this in Jesus' name, the Son of God. Amen. God bless you, my brother. How do you do, sir? We're strangers to each other, I suppose, sir. 
by talking to the people that seems like everybody. Uh, I just want to talk to you a minute. I see you got the book and the picture there. I hope you enjoy them. God blesses you with reading them. We are strangers to one another. I've never seen you in my life as I know of. We're totally strangers to each other. Then if there's anything concerning you or what you're here for, God will have to give it to me in some way. And if I, by the Spirit of God, will know these things just exactly like Jesus did when he was here, then you'll have to know it comes from some supernatural resource. Then will you accept it to be from God? God bless you. Will the audience do the same thing? I wish I could just have more strength to go along, but... Uh, just to speak to you a minute. You're suffering with a nervous condition. That's right. You're a wonderful person, though. You got a strong spirit. Vision breaks quickly for you. You're a, you're a disabled veteran. You got a wife, you're a married man, she's suffering nervousness too. You're from Texas. You're here and you're in a business, some kind of, you're in a filling station business, running filling station. You've got a call in your life for the ministry you feel like you have, and you're trying to accumulate money to go to a school somewhere to learn about something about. That's true. You believe? Yes. Well, then, thus saith the law. Go and receive what you believe that the Lord Jesus healed you while you were sitting there? You was. God bless you. You can go now and be made well. Mother, you believe Jesus go take that arthritis away from you or go get well? Just go and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, and just having headaches, aren't you? Been having all kinds of headaches. God bless you. Sitting next to you, they're having trouble with your ears, aren't you? You believe Jesus going to make you well? The lady sitting right there got something wrong with her eyes. Got tumor on your eyes, haven't you, lady? Put your hands over your eyes and wipe them across that way. I'll go and see Jesus Christ make you well. Praise be to God. Have a lady's trouble and also arthritis. You believe Jesus going to make you? 
God bless you, then go, and God makes you well. Go rejoice and happy. Your trouble's in your back, isn't it, lady? You want to be well? Walk out there and stoop down like this and bend your back down and say, Jesus, I accept it. Then go, and Jesus Christ will make you well. Let's say praise the Lord. Brother, you want to go eat your supper? Be well again? All right, go. The altar is left. You can go and be made well. Come. You believe? Lady, you believe? I believe. With all your heart? With all my heart. Then you won't have to be operated on the tumor or leave you, and you can go home. Diabetes is up for Jesus Christ to heal. Amen. You believe him? You all get over the tumor also? God bless you. Then go and be made well in Jesus' name. Have faith in God.